Well, welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns, and today we're digging into my message from Sunday, which was all about the denials, this famous moment in the life of Simon Peter that feels so familiar because we can feel that we're in the same position. Either in big and small ways, there are ways we deny Jesus, and we're going to talk about what that means for us, how that's looked like in our, what that's looked like in our lives, and how Jesus helps us to move forward. Let's get into it. I don't know. Like, I don't, I mean, this feels arrogant to say, but like, I don't have a really good denying Jesus story. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it would be, it'd be awesome if I had like, a, you know, this is one time in my life where I definitively deny the importance of Jesus in my life, but I don't really have I'm, I'm glad that. you don't have that. Yeah. I don't really have that. That's like, okay to not have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, but there, I mean, there are microwaves though like there's not there's not there's not big there's not one big like oof this is a time that i denied jesus but there are definitely times in my life that i can think about where i have misrepresented how important jesus is to me mm-hmm. you know or misrepresented how much my faith means to me in order to to not feel so ostracized by other people yeah yeah so, like, I, I mean, at Northern State, like, I got involved in a church, I got involved in campus ministry, that was all part of my life, but also as a part of this music department where, like, there weren't a lot of Christian people. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be honest about where we were. And, like, so when I would go Sunday, like, on a Saturday night, they'd be like, oh, hey, come hang out here and let's do this. And it's like, uh, no. I've got to get up really early the next morning. The first service is at 8, 8.30. I have to be ready to sing at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, we're all vocalists. We all know that that's like the, that rest is important and proper hydration. And, you know, Budweiser is not proper hydration for singing. <laughs> you know, um, but, like, there were definitely times where it was hard to just consistently say no to that and not feel like I'm, you know, not like that I'm missing out on some, you know, really important experience, but that I'm missing out on, you know, having friendships with people that still are important to me, mm-hmm. you know? And so there were times, I still feel like I made the right choice more often than not, but there were definitely times where it's just like, ah, oh, it's just what I do on Sunday mornings. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Not willing to admit that, no, this is like God's up to something in the middle of all of this. You know, and so, like, when I transferred schools and, like, officially declared that I wasn't going back, like, there were people that were just like, what? You're going to do what now? Like, what? And it just, it, it really caught people off guard. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, in, a, in another work situation that uh, when I was working at the hospital, like, I just, you know, I was going to seminary and my faith was important and my faith was growing and developing in a lot of ways, but then Christ well. Mm-hmm. I just know that I wasn't a good representative of Christ in those in the in that situation, because there were other people that were ve- there was one person that was just vehemently against anyone having faith in Jesus, despite working for a Catholic hospital. But it's fine, um, you know. But and so I don't know if I feel like I shrunk down to her level rather than being the person that God made me to be, mm-hmm. you know. And so maybe that's how I did. I mean. That's definitely how I denied Jesus, but maybe that's the big moment of, of how I denied the importance of, of exactly what my faith means to me. 
So when when people were surprised, back to the college yeah. story, yep. when people were surprised that you were making that change, mm-hmm. how did that make you feel as a follower of Jesus? Right. I mean, it made me feel a little bit terrible that they didn't, you know, that they didn't just know that about me. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was guarded with that because I understood that my worldview differed from theirs. Sure. And it just felt like there were more of them or maybe they were just louder. But I definitely know that one of the people that invited me out a lot understood that I, that I, was, a, that I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, she's like, well, are you a goody-goody? And I was like, yeah. Right now, yeah. Yeah, I am. And that's okay. You know, so yeah, it was, it was very weird, you know, and like even coming back and like I served in Burke, which was right next to my hometown. Like I had a moment with, with a friend of mine from middle school. They're just like, I cannot see you as a pastor. Like this just doesn't meld with who I knew you to be at that time. Mm. It's just like, yeah, thanks be to God that there's been growth. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like I'm. I'm okay with that because we weren't like, we were not super BFFs mm-hmm. in middle school, but it was also just like, I'm hoping that by what I'm doing now, that becomes more okay for you. Right. And it never did, but that's more on that person than it is on me. Sure. You know, but understanding that, you know, we should never dwell on the mistakes of the past. Right. But that can allow you to understanding that can allow you to become a better person. Absolutely. But there's even more uh, kind of micro denials, if you want to call them that. Oh yeah, for sure. And just in your daily, just in our daily lives. Oh yes. Of treating people the way we shouldn't, or mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Right. Yep. Yeah. Not doing. I mean, we spent a few weeks before the sermon series on the basics of our faith, and like faith practices around prayer and scripture and um, confession and service. And like, there are ways where we choose not to do that every day. Mm -hmm. There there are ways that we make the choice to not practice the basics of our faith. And not that that's, you know, I'm not trying to raise it to the level of what Simon Peter does to Jesus, but, you know, that is a way when, when we don't take our faith seriously, that's kind of part of what denying Jesus can look like. It's kind of like we talked about last week. Like Jesus doesn't go anywhere. Yes. Yep. We just stray away and mm-hmm. put our, our, our uh, priorities in other things. Yep. Yeah. The good thing is, like you said on Sunday, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, he's mm-hmm. always willing to forgive us no yes. matter what. Yep. The hundredth time. Yep. Jesus is the Lord of the second chance. This, it all feels very classic Peter, like we've come to know and love and expect. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this, just everything, like we talked a lot, I mean, Sunday we talked a lot about, you know, the events of that night. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there was this one big long chapter in Matthew's gospel. And like one of the things that Adam Hamilton said in his book on Simon Peter is that the entire quarter of the gospel of Matthew is dedicated to the to what's we not what we call not even just holy week but like the death and resurrection of jesus like beginning with chapter 26 all through all the events that happened that night you know and when you play you know gospel hopscotch to get all the events in line of what happened that night you know a lot of stuff happened and simon peter simon peter is in the midst of all of it Mm -hmm. you know the start of the night is them in the upper room 
and Jesus washing feet. Like, that would have been the first thing that happened. And one of the commentaries I read this week made this big deal of how every disciple walked past the basin, and they all just kind of, like, secretly wished, you know, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Who's going to It's not going to be me, because that's demeaning, but who's going to do it? And then Jesus does it. And the shame they all would have felt by making Jesus do that, because he is the last person that should have been doing that. Mm-hmm. And Simon Peter is the one that has the gall or the audacity or the fortitude to say, Jesus, you're not going to do this. Like, this is not how this should work. Like, this is, the, you are in the wrong spot. You are not going to wash my feet. That's Simon Peter. That's mm-hmm. absolutely just who he is and who he has proven himself to be time and time and time again. Like, he doesn't always get it right the first time, but here's the second time coming around, and he, he gets it. He's, he gets the message. He understands, oh, you're trying to do something. And then Jesus is like, unless you let me wash your feet, you have no share with me. And Simon Peter says, okay, well, then if that's true, then not just my feet, but my entire body, you know, just I'll give you everything. And again, that's just so classically Simon Peter, as we've come to know and expect from him. You know, he is the one that speaks up. He is the one that overreacts. He is the one that, that finally gets it, that it, that it dawns on him that Jesus is up to something. And like, not that, the, not that the other disciples didn't have those moments of revelation, but Simon Peter is the one that usually has the voice for it. Because he, again, again we saw it in the last couple of weeks, he is the leader and this is why. You know, it's those moments where he becomes, takes more and more of that mantle on himself. So, because, yeah, he says, like, my, wash my hands and my head as well. Mm-hmm. Why does he say that? Because if washing feet is important, I mean, there are other parts of him that are dirty in, 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 in both physical and spiritual senses like head and i mean feet were washed because that was a fit like there was just a, a physical reality of sharing you know highways and byways with with livestock mm-hmm. you know you're, you can try and be careful with your step it's inevitably going to happen that your feet are going to be disgusting mm-hmm. um and then you know and so there's there's the physical sense of that but then there's also like you know, we talk so much about like head knowledge and heart knowledge, those two different things, or, you know, the intellect and action, like thought and deed. Oh, you know, not just, don't just wash my gross, disgusting feet, mm-hmm. wash these hands that are going to serve you and this head that's going to think about who you are. Mm-hmm. Like it's fully encompassing the entirety of our human existence and experiences. So let's, let's keep talking about that. Sure. So why didn't, Jesus want to wash his hands and head then? Um, that's a good question that I don't necessarily know that I have an answer to. I think it's because in that moment, it was about the lowliness of it all. Like, Jesus is taking on the role of the servant. And like, for me, I'm a not, I made mention of this before, I am not a feet guy. And like, their feet were going through everything with, you know, leather and twine. Like, that was, they, you know, that, that's all they had to protect their feet from stuff. So their feet would have been gross 
and washing the feet is reserved for the lowest of the low. And Jesus is saying that this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So these, I mean, your head and your hands have a little more honor to them. And Jesus is trying to, to lower himself as low as he can lower himself alongside of his disciples. Almost showing that he's not worth, I mean, in that yeah. s- instance, he's not worthy enough to wash right. hands and head. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Always, yeah, I've always yeah, wondered. Definitely. So washing feet. Mm-hmm. Because then Jesus starts, then, then it's the meal. Yep. Right? Yep. So then that's when Simon starts arguing with Jesus again. Yeah. So yeah, Jesus and, and Peter kind of get into it again because during the course of the meal and then in the aftermath of the meal, Jesus starts to tell them, hey, one of you is going to deny me. And, Jesus, you know, and Simon Peter responds, well, you can't just say that and then not tell us who. Mm-hmm. You know, like Judas is already like pieced out. It's not going to be Judas. And Jesus just very gives this very cryptic answer about the one that dips the bowl, his hand in the bowl with me is the one that's going to deny me. And it ends up being Simon Peter because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then that's why I think that's why Simon Peter gets so indignant. You know, no, this is not going to happen. Like, even if everyone else falls away, I will never. And Jesus then, again, lays hard truth on him and says, no, you're going to deny me three times before the night's over. And Simon Peter doubles down and says, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And, you know, it just, he, I, I think because Jesus calls him in John's gospel, the other gospels don't have that story, but in John's gospel, we know that it's going to be Simon Peter to deny Jesus even before you know, mm-hmm. before it happens, before it happens, um, you know, and I think that that's why there is such a why That's why Simon Peter gets so indignant in those moments, and that's why he comes off a little bit even more aggressive than Simon than than the Simon Peter we're used to by saying, you know, he throws the rest of the disciples under the bus, and then you know just goes right to, "I'll die with you." Mm-hmm. you know? That's seems like he just gets more so. Man, is he a passionate person? Yes. But it definitely. almost seems like he gets more aggressive as the night goes on, right? Oh yeah. Because then he starts swearing and cussing mm-hmm. that he doesn't know who Jesus is. Right. And then they get to the garden, he cuts the guy's ear off. Right. Yeah. Like Flip it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they get to the garden. G- Judas does what Judas does. They start to take oh, yeah. Jesus yeah. away, mm-hmm. and then yeah, he does take a sword and cuts off the ear of Malchus, which is one of my favorite, like you know. Bible trivia things. In only one gospel is where we get the name of the guy. Mm. The rest of them just say it's uh, the assistant to the to the high priest. Um, but in I think it's again, again I think it's in John's gospel where we get to know that his name is Malchus. Mm. And you know that's just one of my favorite Bible trivia things. Mm. Of Very you good. Know, what's the name of the guy that Simon cut his ear off of? And it's Malchus. But good yeah, to know. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. handy little part. Ne- never, guys. never know when I might need that. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's true. Um, you know, so yeah, and then, then, then the you know he geez, Simon Peter follows at a distance until he just can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Jesus is taken into captivity. There's no way to continue to follow him, and that's when the questions start happening, and that's when the denials start happening. And yes, as those get on, he gets more and more vehement that he does not know who Jesus is. You know, and like he does, curse and swear and, you know, carry, I mean, not really carry, we don't really know if he just carries on, but he wants it known beyond a shadow of a doubt that he just does not know who Jesus is. 
you know, because his butt's on the line. Mm-hmm. If, you know, they just, he just watched what they did to Jesus and they took him away and that's never a good thing. And so to save his own neck, he, you know, he denies Jesus. And then that's, I mean, one of the, the, one of the things that Adam Hamilton makes pretty clear in his book, um, Simon Peter, is that that's the last time we see him until after the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Like he does desert and they, we don't see him again until he's locked in the upper room with the other disciples cowering in fear. Yeah, there was a really powerful paragraph that, that Adam Hamilton wrote about how Simon Peter is not there. Like John, the beloved disciple, is there along with his, with his mother and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Um, but Simon Peter's not there. The rock upon whom the church is built is not there for Jesus' last words on the cross is not there to watch him give up his life, is not there to watch Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus take his body down. He's not there when the tomb is closed. He's not there for any of it. He is in hiding. And that just, again, Simon Peter's the one to overreact. Simon Peter would have been, I mean, maybe he was even the one stirring the pot and saying, oh, guys, it's so not safe. We're in danger because they, they know us. You know, he, mm-hmm. he was the one that got confronted. You know, he's the one that they knew was following him, and he was able to lie his way out of it, but he knew it wasn't safe. You wonder, in a parallel universe, what happens if he says, yes, I know. Right. Yeah. Jesus knew that that was going to happen. Yes. Does, how are our lives different if he mm. says yes? Mm-hmm. That yes, he knows Jesus. Right. You wonder. Right. Oh yeah. Like it had to happen that way. Yes. So because of Peter, Christianity has grown to what it is. Mm-hmm. Would he have been here? Would, would he have been, Would he have been the one to? Right. Like I don't know. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a really good thought. That's a really good question that I don't think there's an easy answer to. Mm-mm. I mean, because they, I mean, maybe he's the fourth cross, mm-hmm. you know? Jesus is crucified alongside two, two other criminals. Maybe he's on the fourth cross next to him. Maybe he's still crucified upside down, which is what happened in his, when he's actually mm-hmm. put to death for his faith. Um, he, he, he deems that he's not worthy to die in the same way as Jesus, so he is crucified upside down. We'll get to really? it. We'll get to it. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, it it could be that they would have put him to death because he was the one that got confronted. The rest of the disciples scatter. So within reason, they're safe for now, Mm -hmm. but Simon Peter's the one that gets confronted and Simon Peter could could have been the one that, you know, that would have died alongside of Jesus. I mean, he said that he was willing to do that. Mm -hmm. In the same night. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there's room for that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good question, Eric. You never know. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. Right. Yes. And thank God we'll never know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You know, he, he ran off. He wasn't there. He cannot imagine what he's feeling mm-hmm. through that whole process. Yeah. It almost feels like the prodigal son, doesn't it? Yeah. He feels sheepish and comes home. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
And it could be, we'll get to it next week, but it could be why Simon Peter is so, uh, not even uh, desperate, it's not the right word. He's so, one that, he's the one that jumps off the ship. He's mm-hmm. so, ex- not excited, but I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? He wants to get to Jesus so bad that he's willing to throw off his friends. He's willing to throw off everything in order to get back to Jesus. It's the end of that story. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's Jesus seeing him from far off, but it's not Jesus doing the running this time at Simon Peter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. He disappeared for a few days there. Mm-hmm. Yep, this all unfolds without him. And then, you know, that's why Sunday's story is so important, the restoration, you know, and we'll, we'll get to it. But. So what, is, what are we covering next week on this, in this series? Yeah, so next week is very connected to last week. Like, so last week was the three denials that Simon Peter gives to the crowds about Jesus. And then this week, this coming week, is going to be the restoration where Simon Peter and the disciples, after the resurrection, they don't quite know what to do yet. And so they try to find something familiar, something that makes sense, to help them make sense of what's just all happened. And because so many of them have a fishing background, Simon Peter says, look, guys, let's just go fish. And they do, and it goes poorly, and we're used to seeing that because then here comes Jesus. They fish all night. They catch nothing. Very similar to how this whole, how all this whole started. Say. And Jesus is a figure on the shore that shouts to them, try again on the other side of the boat. Try on the right side. The right being not left, not, in, mm-hmm. not, not, not incorrect. So they do, and they pull in this massive, this massive catch and John, the beloved disciple, says it has to be Jesus. It just has to be Jesus. This is not the first resurrection appearance. This is actually the third. It just has to be Jesus. And Simon Peter doesn't wait to find out. Simon Peter jumps off the ship boat and swims to shore, and lo and behold, it's Jesus. Jesus has a meal prepared for them. They break bread together. They share bread and fish on a, on a very, you know, on the, on the beach. And then Simon Peter and Jesus walk away together. And Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Simon says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Every time, three times Jesus asks, three times Simon Peter affirms his love of Jesus, and three times Jesus gives him a direct instruction of what to do next, and that's to feed sheep. Hmm. And so it's a reignition of that process of Simon Peter, Simon Peter becoming the rock upon whom the church is built. It's re- and then really everything just kind of goes from there. But without this moment... Simon Peter, had Simon Peter not come back in this way, it's like we were talking about earlier. It may not have been Simon Peter that became the rock. Because mm-hmm. Simon Peter was completely out of it yep. and could have just wallowed in that the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. He comes back to Jesus and Jesus receives him and restores him and then calls him anyway. 
And so often when we have these moments where we deny Jesus in these micro and macro ways, it can be so easy for us to just be too afraid to come back. Mm -hmm. Yet Jesus is there for us constantly and is willing to re-engage with us as we re-engage with him and still use us for his glory to do the work that he has for us to do, which has not changed. It's still for us to feed sheep. And so it's all about how the sermon is going to be all about how Simon Peter's life is never the same mm-hmm. because of this moment, how he is restored fully in the eyes of Jesus and in the eyes of the other disciples and is then free to walk forward as a flawed and faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us on this week's Cup of Time podcast. Join us again next week uh, in church at 10 a.m. or online or at for the podcast next week. Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at 10 o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.